But now I'm right there. So, listen, they have to finish the season out. It's time for us to hand LeBron his flowers so, while he's still alive so he can smell them. I think we're at about three weeks now into the NBA season, and we've already pushed out some of our hot takes to really get a feel on what's going on in the league right now and kind of show you where we're feeling with a lot of these teams, even though it might be a little bit of too early of a call. So right now, we're just going to go with the flow, call off our power rankings here on our this edition of the Dip Podcast. One through 10, we're going to figure out who has the hottest temperature in the league right now. But first... I really think that we should talk about the Marcus Smart situation. Mm-hmm. Not This is not the first time we have had a verbal outburst to either the media or one that we've overheard in the locker room towards his team. I just really don't know what he expects the media to take that because right now the headlines are all popping about how the Celtics have always had bad locker room culture and that there's just something off there. And, and that's why all those players got drove away eventually. Like Gordon Hayward signs with the, the Hornets. Kyrie Irving famously signs with the Nets after two seasons, after a promise of an extension. Al Horford say, leaves and comes back though. <laughs> yeah, just random because Al was like, I don't even know. Like apparently he fit into that awful situation. And remember... When Al Horford played for the Sixers, there were alleged locker room issues as well. Mm-hmm. So he might not be the best person to be around, even though he's still somewhat serviceable on the floor, useful for the Celtics, but at the same time, at what cost? I guess my thing about it is like, obviously there's something going on there. It's not just it's not just Marcus Smart. I don't think he's the sole reason why all those guys left. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just but like there's the- definitely something off there with the culture. Mm-hmm. Are they a team that I guess how I look at it is like a team that's struggling that has so much identity that they're struggling to find a place mm-hmm. and that legacy. Yep. Like really badly. <laughs> like not going through a good phase right now. Um, they don't they don't look like they have any chemistry. It is a bunch of hero ball. I had already mentioned that this at the brief beginning of the season here. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that game with uh, New York, I had mentioned that uh, on the pod where they went double OT against New York. But ultimately, I think Marcus Smart is right with what he said. I don't know if that was the best way to do it. I don't think mm-hmm. that was the best setting to have that conversation personally, but maybe yeah. he feels like he couldn't. We don't know. Maybe he feels like there's no other place to have that conversation. We have no idea the implications there and what's going on in that locker room. Truly, mm-hmm. uh, we're not a fly on the wall. So <laughs> I guess from first first blow, yeah, it was pretty rough. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, maybe he's onto something there. Or maybe he's just being a crybaby little bitch. 
<laughs> I mean, he could just be being really dramatic, and maybe we should also realize that like he's not like the greatest player ever either. So like, yeah, he's begging to get the ball passed to him. But there's also another clip of some sometime where he said that like he was a uh, ball handler. And like real playmaker, and it's like, well, you mm-hmm. can do those things a little bit, but I'm not gonna rely on you to do that. Damn, like, I, in my opinion, if I'm a coach, I'm not relying on Marcus Smart to be my primary pr- playmaker. True, yeah, especially if there's better options. But no, I be- I believe, and, you and too, quite like- frankly, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are a, a better option for playmaking. I mean, that's a better playmaking option for like. All but 12, yeah, like 90% of the league. So, I mean, (laughs) not 90, literally, but I mean, there's guys that I take over that, but a lot of guys, there's a handful of teams that are pretty rough. But yeah, I mean, like, he definitely is a vocal player like that. And yeah, maybe he doesn't deserve all those touches, but at the same time, he's stepped up his three point shooting in the past few years, which I've been happy with. And I mean, me in the past, I've been a vocal supporter of Smart. I've always thought that he should be the starting point guard for the Celtics. Granted, off of limited evidence, so I guess those wishes were a little bit too high out of his expectations. But I still really think that he has a place with this Boston core because for some reason, I still feel like they're just going to be able to stick it out because they've been working with locker room drama for, what, three and a half, four seasons now, and they've still done well in the playoffs regardless. Mm-hmm. So... And it- you know what's something that's interesting too is recently with Tyler Harrow making those comments about, well, I've never had a guard like point guard like Kyle Lowry to just get everyone in their spots yeah. to initiate the offense. And you're, and you're seeing the effect that that's having on uh, Tyler Harrow's uh, momentum right now. And, and we'll definitely get to the heat for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, like uh, Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor were talking on the mismatch. And I really like this point. They were like, if you look at it, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, by default, maybe play a little too much hero ball just because they'd never really have had a real like next-level playmaker setting the table for them. Right. Kyrie Irving, a decent playmaker, but is more of a guy who will go and get his own bucket and is, is, is better at just going and getting his own bucket, hence why James Harden took the, the point guard role, <laughs> the table setter role in Brooklyn last season. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Kimba Walker, like not an incredible playmaker by any means. Mm-hmm. Terry Rozier, not an incredible playmaker by any means. You know what I mean? So they haven't had the opportunity to play with a next level point guard in terms of playmaking. Not that they haven't had talented point guards with them or just guards in general, because mm-hmm. they have, but yeah. not next level in playmaking. And that could be really what's un- what unlocks them. And then... So tell- Oh, well, real quick, on top of that, Chris Verdon made a good point. He's like, you kind of have to criticize the management at that point for not yep. going after guys that are. Because look, well, they went and got Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. He's yeah. Not a, we fucking saw how him being a playmaker works. <laughs> you get a first-round bouncy bounce <laughs> from the Western Conference by a Phoenix Sun teams that just disgraced your ass. <laughs> so, solid point there. Like, There's got to be some criticism on management at that point. Yeah, definitely. And that's where I think, what if we see Brad Stevens get the axe as general manager after one season? The only Maybe guy who can fail upward in the NBA coaching scheme. Right? Other than like Bud, but Bud, there's, Bud recovered. Uh, <laughs> this guy just, just barely failing upward. 
Pretty, I mean, sort of, yes, moderately failing upward because, yes, he has coached a team to two Eastern Conference finals during the years of LeBron. Like, that's, or at least one Eastern Conference finals during the age of LeBron, but was always competitive against, no, not even really. Maybe you're right. Maybe he is kind of like, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, he's made it there, and so the Bucks also made it Eastern Conference finals, but. Bud survived by winning the chip, and I don't know. Brad Stevens is really going to have to impress me to be able to... Because he's an X's and O's guy. He's an excellent out-of-bounds play guy. Like, that has been proven time and time again. But it just doesn't seem like he has the ability to create good chemistry with his players. You know, like, mm. he has no, like, outreach to them. So that they suffer so much from that. You almost wonder if, like, a guy like Ime Udoka, who seems to have good outreach with his players, and at least a decent grasp on X's and O's defensively to make this team a... I mean, they are pretty good defensively, at least above average. And... They've always been at least above average during I mean, this whole, just, like, run with Tatum and Brown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, they're kind of built was like always the able Raptors. to get def- decent defense out of them. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is just scheme them because they're all, like, those long-rangey forwards that are able to, you know, really able to switch a lot and play good man-to-man. So... I mean, you get that out of Brown, sort of out of Tatum, obviously out of Smart. Um, Horford has always been a good post defender and was honestly pretty good at locking down Giannis a couple times. I mean, Hayward, average defensively, I guess. Speaking of which, Gordon Hayward has spaced himself from bump status consideration. Maybe. I still don't like the guy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, and it sucks. It's like putting the Warriors within the top five of power rankings. But yeah, Gordon Hayward has pushed himself out of that category. Mm. Rough. Well, yeah, Boston, it rough. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I also give him a slight nod because of uh, uh, Udoka being a new coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt there. Not Can't be a complete ruthless asshole. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into these uh, power rankings here. Do you want to start from 10 and work the way down? Mm-hmm. All right, so, number 10, who you got? I don't want to get too hot with this, you know, right off the bat. I know what you're going to say. Uh, do you, though? Because I'm not even sure what I'm going to say. Do you think it's Milwaukee? I wasn't thinking Milwaukee. That's kind of where I'm leaning right now because they've had guys out. I was thinking they, Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Uh, no. They're top eight still. Mm-hmm. Are you on Milwaukee then? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Milwaukee because when they've been on, they look great. You know, like they look like that championship contending team that they were last season. They definitely were running off of the championship guess that first game back in front of their home crowd. You know, like they really ran the nets out, but they've just looked average since then. And Giannis has looked average himself and like, they're just not hitting a high stride right now, and I feel like that's their biggest problem outside of things not working as a team. Mm-hmm. 
I think, yeah, I think 10 would, or uh, 10 would be pretty safe for Milwaukee because they're obviously going to rebound. I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets, honestly. I would agree with that, though, at the same time. Even James Harden shooting top 39 eight. from the field. Yeah, that's rough. That 38 is rough. from three. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's not looking that good. No, and... Only 18 points a game. But you know they're going to write that shit. Oh, yeah, they definitely are. But right now, not a lot of power, in my opinion. They're not looking unworldly like everyone was trying to say they were. They're just saving it up. They got old guys on their team, too. They do have a lot of old men. Everyone wants to talk shit about the Lakers. Like, right? That's what I was out. just... And yeah. I'm like, no one wants to acknowledge what's going on in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, they're like, pulling guys out of the fucking street and putting them in the <laughs> Millsap is 36. James Johnson is 34. Aldridge, 36. Blake Griffin just, might as well be 37. Blake Griffin is 32, but yes. <laughs> in basketball years. Ex- no, basketball years, he's like 43. 60, he's like 64. Yeah. He's getting there. Joe Harris, 30. Harden, 32. Durant, 33. Patty Mills, 33. I just don't see... I just don't see it. A close nine for me is Atlanta. Okay, yeah. I was about to say that. Atlanta. Not a lot of power there either. I was thinking... ten. I was considering them for my 10 spot, but they're literally in the nine spot right now in the East. Mm-hmm. That's pretty safe, though. I mean... Let's see here. Who are they? They last won against Washington. Okay, that's a good win. Washington is, what are they, like five and one? Yeah, I think so. Five and two. Yeah, they were five and one, and then they lost to the Hawks. So, I mean, that's a good win. Wizards were starting off pretty well. But then... Before that, they had lost to Philadelphia and lost to Washington. So they avenged that Washington game, but they've and also from what lost I've heard, Cleveland. I haven't watched a lot of the games from Atlanta, but from what I heard, um, the, the new calls are affecting Trey. Yep, I know. We were if it feels nice that those, you know, those uh fouls are gone, but at the same time, like it definitely affected his game. Like Well, this will be the true test of greatness then. I mean, we had that whole episode about Trey and Luca, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so can you adapt? Same goes for Luca too. Luca hasn't yep. looked unworldly. Exactly. Now, so like, will you be able to adapt? Don't you think the art of drawing fouls is so strange, though? Because it really depends on how well you can sell it to the person who's supposed to be looking out for the regulations in the sharpest way, right. like. At some point, they almost act machine about calls, and it's like, how is this real? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like in 2K. Like, it's exactly like 2K. If they barely touch your arm or something, and you can barely see it or something, like, they still call it. Like, they. What's crazy is you can overturn those sometimes with a coach's challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Done it before. It saved my ass. Oh, I I haven't gotten that lucky. But the same More time. so, it saved my TV from me smashing it. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> but yeah, so the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks are number nine. Yeah, I'm just not that impressed with them right now. But no, that's good. pretty safe. Yeah, you know what I mean, 
They're obviously good. Number nine for me is the Lakers. Oof. That's not bad, though. That's a lot better than what they really should be, like 17th. Whoa, come on now. I got them a little bit higher than nine. Nope. 17th? Yeah. Dude, they looked rough a couple times. They lost to the Thunder. You deserve to be at least lower than 15 for that loss. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're on to something. I'm telling you, they lost to the Thunder, and they had Russ and AD active. They should have won that game. Yeah, that is pretty bad. I mean, Russ and AD both combined for a ridiculous amount, I'm pretty sure, on that game. But they couldn't finish it off. How crazy is that, though? I mean, they were playing a fucking G League team last night, but 99 of 119 points was Russ, Braun, Mello, and AD. The most surprising part to me is Mello, honestly. Sneaking his way in their all-time scorer, bro. One of the greatest all-time scorers. Mm-hmm. People out here acting like it was going to be a negative thing to have him on this team. It just, I don't know. How real do you think this is from Mello? Like, we have not seen this level of Mello in like three years. I'll tell you what's real. Him playing in transition offense with him. Ooh, Who yeah. thought Mello was going to be running when we talk about the Lakers running? Mm-hmm. I didn't. This man is looking great in transition. 16.5 points per game, 52.9% from three, 51% from the field overall on 11 shots per game. 79% from free throw. Solid. Look, and he may come down to earth at some point, but he's going to be a vital piece to this team. Mm-hmm. That's a little risky to say, like, hey, you're going to need Melo to be on a shit in order to win a ring, but... No, it's that's true. extremely risky, though. It is. But it's not like they don't have depth. I know, but it, how much are you willing to... Do you really think the Lakers need to be giving Trevor Ariza deep playoff minutes? I don't know. It depends on if he even makes it back. I think he'll make it back, but at the same time, like... I'll tell you who, who might get playoff minutes if he keeps it up. None. Probably will. Avery Bradley. Yes, I think he definitely... Because they actually need him this time. Yeah. Last time in the bubble, they didn't even need him. He didn't even pull up. He didn't even pull up. He was like, no, I'm good. I don't want to come there. And they go down there and want to ring. So, hold on here real quick. Let's go back to that first year. The chip year of the Lakers. The chippy. (laughs) (laughs) Just respect the amount of good games. They started off that season 24 and 3. Merkin people. Yeah, but now this Lakers team right now, five and three. Hey, I said it from the jump. It wasn't going to look pretty from the get-go. It never was going to look pretty from the get-go. And when it would look bad, it would look bad. Yep, it definitely... Yeah, you're not wrong there. But when it looks good, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. You better fucking watch out. That's all I'm saying. I guess you probably not talked me into putting them... Right. I'm bumping them from where I had them to number eight. I'm dropping them down. See? They're gaining some steam, but they're not. They're far from perfect. Yes. Undoubtedly. Like, just looking at that team in retrospect, that 2019-20 team, they were just built so much better. And that's just laughable because at the time, people were like, what is this team even? You know? Oh, yeah. They're talking shit. You can't super glue a team together and win a ring. (laughs) They did. They fucking did it. 
I know it's it's something like. But what that comes down to is when you have two top five players in the league healthy, you're gonna win a championship. I mean, you're gonna come close nonetheless. Yeah, I know. Like you're well, gonna be in the conversation. So how many it, people said that about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? I never believed it. Never will. You remember that the trade? Because oh yeah, we're like this is over. I know. Everyone was acting like it was done. When you and I were both like, what is this fit? Watching Two that small forwards fall apart in front of them though, was so fucking classic. I will never forget that <laughs> Denver, Denver series, dude. Denver was just coming out of nowhere, eating these men alive. Jamal was Murray like these was young bucks eating these grown men alive. I know, and Jamal Murray was taking Kawhi Leonard off the dribble in mid-range. It was unbelievable. Like, this guy was fading and making everything off of Kawhi. It was embarrassing to watch for Kawhi. Let's just define it now. The bubble was just different. The bubble was was. just different basketball. Do you mean, I don't know, like, a lot of guys talk about it like it was literal hell, but at the same time, it was like, guys were just locked in. Yeah, They were just locked in. It Jimmy was Butler out here saying he's not bringing his family because this is a business trip. Yeah. <laughs> One of the hardest lines in NBA league history. <laughs> is your family going to be visiting you? No, this is a business trip. Jimmy Butler will come up later in this podcast. Oh, for sure. For sure. So who do you got to eight then? I put the Lakers there. Um, Chicago Bulls. Hmm. Number eight. That's sound low. I've sold low on them this entire preseason, so why not start now, you know? I mean, they're one fucking buzzer beater shot away from being undefeated right now. You, you mean to tell me you're going to have the heat pretty high and then you're going to have the bulls low like that? They got more power than that, dude. All right, I'll renegotiate. Let me cross them off here. I'm going to then place them. <sighs> Do I? I don't say top three, but I'll I'll figure that out. But I'm too afraid to put the Phoenix Suns there. I'm not because I had them at seven. <laughs> They're back up five. <laughs> <laughs> Got him at seven, bud. Oh, man. The backup five situation is bleak. Washington, the Washington Wizards. Really? Not a lot of faith in them. Like, they, they clearly have power, but That's like, you know, really that's it. fate. Right. They're a top eight team in the NBA. That's total fate. Mm hmm. They're just, they've started the season well. You and I both remarked about how they have a deep bench. So they have a lot of pieces to work with and see what's going to work out. The Lakers bench seems to be doing pretty well for them. Oh, what a surprise, right? <laughs> Three of the most prolific scorers on the Lakers bench last season seem to be doing, I don't know, well for them. Their job, which is being a good bench player. Yep. Something you failed to do last season. It's just remarkable to me that people are like, Kyle Kuzma, what's he going to do for the Wizards? Like, Montrezl. Hopefully he does his job for once. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiot. 
No, Kuzma did his job the most, I feel like. Mm. I don't know. Kuzma got rough at times, but his defense was always good. See, I think KCP brought better defense overall. Yeah, definitely. Yes, my thing I is, though, is the people who try to say that KCP was more important than Rondo, and I'm like, it's mm, mm, really th- hard for me to say that. KCP was like the fifth most important player. Rondo was definitely third. Dwight I would argue fourth. KCP was fourth. Who are you putting ahead of K- uh, KCP or Rondo in third? No one. Yeah, because, yeah, nobody, like, Caruso? that was Rondo's, like, last prime year. Caruso, yeah, he could sneakily be fourth or fifth. He's top five. Yeah, Caruso's top five for sure. So Caruso's five and Kuzma is six. Yeah. Regular season, Marcus Saul was low-key six last year. <laughs> it was bad. It was Regular bad. season, Maybe. though, wasn't bad. And it was, uh, it was, uh. but the Wizards... Brad Beal is shooting like what twenty three percent from three right now, and they're still winning games. Mm-hmm. I feel good about them. I feel good, so that's why I put them at number eight. I mean, it's good that they can at least. That's good for their culture to be winning yeah. some games while your main guy isn't killing it. He's that's going to build some character. Three points per game, though. Yeah, but he's not doing what he was doing last year quite yet. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys that I can't find a groove right now. Dame, Dame's not even on this fucking list. Nope. No. This guy couldn't fucking be sniffing it if he wanted to. I feel so bad about it because he's just hitting a brick wall really hard. Like, I mean, I told you guys earlier in the group chat, I was like, he just, he hit a different high for a long period of time. And I feel like there was going to be room for regression. Yeah. A couple games like this. You know what I mean? I feel like he can get back to it when he needs to turn it up. Certainly. But I just don't he really was on think another that level the past two years. He has been, yeah. He's really embraced Dame time the last like two years. The the clutch stats just got out of control. So who you got at number seven then? Because I got Phoenix, and I'm I think you were starting to talk about their backup five situation. Well, they have Sarich out right now. I mean. Right. He's important to them. He was important to them all the way up until they lost him in what? The Western Conference Finals? I think it was mm-hmm. the first game. Yeah. Uh, I think it was prior to that. Potentially. Was it? Yeah. I kind no, of I think it was. I don't, I don't. Well, let's see here. Three and three because, right now, though, is their record. Yeah, they're climbing it back. Remember, they were one and three. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we all expected this. I really think that. Um, Booker is bloodthirsty. Yeah, but I think we're going to see a drop from them. I think they're yeah. going to be out of the top three rankings yeah. this, this time around. It was in game one of the finals. Never mind. Two minutes and 24 seconds he played in the NBA finals and he tore his ACL. Mm. That, that is just rough. That. That's awful. No, yeah, that is completely terrible. But he was playing important minutes for them. Overall, he played, well, it was about 17 minutes per game for them. Mm-hmm. But still, he was a plus in a lot of those. Like, he was, he's a good presence defensively for them. Obviously, they give eight in the majority of the minutes over him. But, you know, like, I felt like it was disrespectful on 2K the other day for Steve Smith to call him the store brand version of Nikola Jokic. Yeah. 
I was like, that's doing him a little dirty. He said that on the game? Yeah. Damn. That's one of the pre-recorded lines. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. I know. I'm like, he's definitely going to hear that shit. I mean, I don't even want to put them in the same field of like comparison. They're not the same. No. And they're two completely different style of centers, in my opinion. Yeah. They, I mean, Saric is just a back, good backup center that has above average passing and decent shooting touch. So obviously Jokic. that puts him in the same realm as Jokic. No. Let's see here. So you put the Suns, number seven. It's reasonable. Yeah, it's, it's reasonable. not insulting. They're on the climb back for sure. Mm-hmm. Am I brave enough to put the Knicks at number six? I think so. I was going to put the Nuggets at number six. I'd put the Nuggets above them. Nuggets took a nasty spill the other night against Memphis, boy. Yeah. Memphis was all over their shit. Memphis is just killing it right now, though. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see. Denver Nuggets. Four and three. They kind of started off last season like this, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to put the Nuggets there just because they're... Man, they looked rough the other night when I was watching them. They're missing Jamal. They're missing Jamal real bad. I know, and once they have Jamal back, they'll be able to pull it together fully, but... Aaron Gordon is filling a great role right now. Michael Porter Jr. might be in a mild slump, but at the same time, I have a lot of faith that he's going to be able to turn it around too. Jokic is Jokic, so I always have faith in him. Mm-hmm. But the Knicks are my number six pick because they've been up and down. They did win against Chicago the other night, and they looked a lot better than Chicago did because Chicago they were making Chicago work defensively. Yeah, they were trying to make him get after it. And that tough shot, man, that DeRozan took. Yeah, I know. Like, the Knicks are just hitting a different level, I feel like, this year because they're able to reliably hit three-point shots. And all that's done is open their offense up to be something a lot better than what it was last year. And Fournier looks good for them. Fournier does look nice, and I still question how long it's really real, you know, really gonna last. Because I mean, we've seen him fail in the playoffs before. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what the Knicks' ultimate goal is. So I feel like their long-term investment on him might seem pretty bad because I don't know. When you ha- are you gonna be able to play him and Derrick Rose side by side in the playoffs? I feel like that might be their most reliable option. Because I don't know that they want to play him and Kemba Walker side to side. And I'm not sure who else they have at point guard to even play. Like, mm. I also, yeah, I know that the Kemba signing was a little bit head scratching for me too. Never like, been a fan of that. Just don't understand it. I, he's lost because he always loses to LeBron. Is that it? The ultimate failure against LeBron James. I mean, this guy. <laughs> Has never oh, like beaten him in a game. <laughs> I think he might have beat him once, actually. It was like 1-27 in 27 against LeBron. Just bad, bro. Quickly looks nice for them, though. He's got an insane little floater. They have good pieces. 
Oh, they definitely do. Undoubtedly. Like they have Alec Burks in his prime of his career. And even though he's not like scoring the most, I feel like he fits into their system so well. Mm-hmm. Randall's at 21 points a game. RJ Barrett at 18. Fournier at 16. Kemba Walker at 15. Derek Rose at 11. Hmm. That's pretty good. I mean, they're well-rounded. Walker's hitting 56% from three. That's going to change. <laughs> That's a miss. Derek Rose is shooting 50%. That's not a miss. I believe in him. You think he's going to shoot 50% from three, though? He was something stupid last year. He was at 40% last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for the Knicks, he was at 41%. Okay, on the same there, attempts. It's going to come back to earth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're good. They definitely they definitely have a chance to to get a little bit tighter and pull it together and move up these rankings. But right now, I would say that's a fair spot to put them. Um, number five, I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks. Why? Because they're starting to get it together. You think so? I think so. Even I without Porzingis? I think they're figuring it out without Porzingis, and I think that's what's going to help make mm. them trade Porzingis. Yep. I think they're going to realize, like, too many times we've been doing this without this guy, and we kind of seem to do better without the guy. We've done pretty so, damn good offensively without the guy. So what does this say more? That Porzingis is perhaps not as good as advertised as he had those years in New York that were so, you know, outstanding where he was able to be the center portion of the team. But now we kind of see that Luka Doncic really favors off of that kind of system as well. So do we just think that this is Porzingis not playing up to expectations or is this Luka truly showing that he wants to be the center point of a team and that him and Porzingis having to share equal amounts of time with the ball is just not going to work out in the end. I think there's a little bit of drama there with Luca. On Luca's behalf. Yeah, do you think he causes a lot of drama? Not a lot of drama, but I think he has some issues with them wanting to have like another star there. Almost. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of get that feeling. Could be. Really like, does, could he re- be. does he really want to like do the Dirk? You know what I mean? I think so. I, just, I don't he know. He wants like, to be the guy. I feel like the, he has to turn, look around and realize, though, that a lot of the guys still need a Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to make it over the hump. Mm-hmm. Not a Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson. Well, look Bullock. at the, the Dame Lillard experiment. Yep. I mean, he I has mean, CJ, but CJ is <laughs> sometimes... Tell us how that's going. Portland. Uh, Embarrassing. But, yeah, I think there's some drama there from Luca. I think they're figuring it out, though, and I think they're getting straightened out here. I think we're going to see them change, change pace here. So let's look at... I want to look at their last few games here. Because I'm not convinced defensively. Lost to Miami. Lost to Denver. Miami was starting to Atlanta. night, just to be yeah, clear. Miami gonna... did really beat them up last night. <laughs> it was pretty bad. 
Like, I don't know what else we expect from Miami, though, because they're just going to be that team that beats everybody up. Yeah. And especially when you get into, like, the middle of the season or late in the season, when the, if they're healthy, even if they're, like, semi-healthy, yeah. like, no one's going to want to play those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just going to keep winning because no one's going to want to play that defensive lineup. But we'll, we'll get to them. 60 games in the season. I know, right? Motherfucking PJ Tucker. But the the Mavs have lost to three good teams. And they've won against Houston, Toronto, San Antonio, and Sacramento. Four arguably average to bad teams. So they're losing to good teams but beating bad teams. Not the best sign. No, like, and that's why I'm hesitant to even put them in the top 10. Ooh. Because the defense doesn't impress me. And yeah, that kind of offense is working against some teams that cannot truly guard it. I think they're making a shift. They're on the they're on the rise. All right. <laughs> they're gonna rise from this stupor. From this stupor. Now, what was your last pick? Them, Dallas. Dallas. Oh, that's right. You got number five. My number five was the Nuggets, but we've already touched on them. So, well, one thing about the Nuggets is I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Michael Porter Jr. this year. Mm-hmm. He is truly looking fantastic. Like, this guy really seems like he's going to be a superstar level scorer. If anything else, he's going to be a high, high level scorer. But my number four, I don't know if it's going to come out of surprise, but it's the Golden State Warriors. See, I'm torn for number four, and I'm have to go. I have to go Memphis, and I'm almost with you on the Golden State. Ooh, almost, okay. but I can't realistically put Memphis above Golden State. So. I the Golden State is on par right there with what I was thinking, but I gotta go mm-hmm. Memphis at number okay. four. Well, let's talk about both of those teams. I feel like there's something brewing between both of these teams, and that their destinies are kind of crossed after last play. And the last I agree, game. I can't wait for it, dude. Right? I've been like, hyping it up. There's something about Jaw where he could take down Stephen Curry in a playoff series. I can see it. You know, like I want it. the the passing of the torch proverbially. And if not passing of the torch, throwing it up into the air and seeing who's getting ready to catch it. Because if Curry is out it. too, like I I can't undoubtedly say that Jaw would be the next up to start winning chips over all the young players in the league that are definitely seeming like they're next up as well, you know, but he would have a chance because he's starching one of the Let's not lie, the greatest of all time. And if they start getting slept in the first round like one that of every greatest. year, one of the greatest, yeah. The greatest shooter of all time for sure. But there's just something about them where I really feel that surrounding them. Yeah, there's definitely some some energy there that you can feel. Um the other night when uh Curry was like playing tag with John Morant, did you see that? No, he was running I away know. from him. Huh? No, I did not see that. At the end of the game, the clock was running out and Ja was just like running away from Curry basically to win the game. It was funny. <laughs> Curry was just trying to chase him down and Ja was just running around with the ball. Ja was way too quick for that. 
Yeah, no chance. Uh, old man Curry could catch up to him. But yeah, I would say Memphis is sitting at four and the Golden State, it's, it's tough to like realistically say Shaw has more power than Steph Curry. But right yeah. now, you can kind of argue that. Yeah. I mean, that's just the ebb and flow of the season. You know, like there's always going to be some kind of crazy thing about who's hot and who's not right now. Mm-hmm. Who you got at number two? Well, at number three, actually. Or number three, yeah, my bad. I'll put, I'll put Chicago. That's where I'm... I'll put them there. You know what? They are six and one, and they've been beating teams up pretty well. I got Chicago at number two. Okay. They're just hitting a good stride. They have, a, they have three guys. You know what I mean? They have three guys. They fit. They oddly fit. Not even oddly. I feel like they're just, once we saw them on the floor together, we realized that this is kind of a dynamic offensive team. They have Levine, who's a shooter. Lonzo, who's just a next level offensive creator. And then they have Busevic, who's able to be a reliable post scorer. So, I mean. And you got DeRozan, who's the closer. Yeah. And DeRozan is able to show up in, well, at least in regular season playoff or regular season clutch moments. And he can play make too. Yeah, moderately. He probably learned that in San Antonio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Working in Pop's offense. But, yeah, I don't know why I'm so begrudgingly trying putting them in the place that they're at because I still just don't think that this is... You got them at three then, right? Yeah, I still don't think that this is going to where their future is. But right now, they are beating teams. Mm-hmm. Which puts me they're at beating good two. teams, too. Yeah, they are just beating, beating chumps, teams, you know. Yeah. They're just balanced. Essentially, they're they're very balanced on offense and that makes them really dynamic. And they haven't looked bad on defense. They yeah. haven't looked horrible. <laughs> we'll see where that goes though. Derek Jones is getting some minutes now because Patrick Williams Thank is out. Thank God. Am I the only Derek Jones Jr. believer in the NBA? At the expense of Patrick I, Williams, we're getting some J- Derek Jones minutes. When is when is anybody going to finally give Derek Jones a chance? I have complete faith in this guy to actually be a good switchable defender in the NBA. And he's a fucking nasty lob threat. He is. I know. Like, put him on Atlanta and he's getting 24 minutes a game. That series of blocks uh, he traded with LeBron last season. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just because he has an insane vertical and average defensive skills. So obviously... And just lanky that- arms. Yes, he can just block shots so so easily. Like it looks effortless. If he had thirty more pounds on his frame and was an inch taller, you could play him at center easily. I think you could like run him Robert at small Williams. ball five. Probably. I mean, that's. I feel like I don't know. That's pushing it. That's like what the Rockets were trying to do <laughs> with Covington. Mm, different. He's got a different. I, no, frame not really because. Well, yeah, they're diff- built different, literally. But, like, that's why... Why did the Trailblazers never try that out last season? Never. They don't, their, they don't know their ass from their hand. Like, right? Like, they didn't even once, at least from my knowledge, try to run Jones Jr. at center and then Covington at the four. Yeah, they run a mellow at the five. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> Terry Stotts knew he was fired at that point. He knew. He was like, I'm blowing this bitch up. 
<laughs> I'm riding this. I'm riding, riding this thing to the grave. The G League Nuggets in six games. Bad. God, uh, number one, I think we share. Or you got to get your number two. We can just touch on number two because I don't have a lot of opinions in them. They're just winning games, and that's the Utah Jazz. Mm. Fucking hate that team. Great regular season. I can't hate them because I like Don. I'm not that impressed with Don Mitchell. Really? I'm really impressed with Don Mitchell. He is something crazy. This whole regular season thing's getting old, though. But we are talking about power right now, so... I agree. The regular season thing is getting a little old, but since Donovan Mitchell has stepped into the NBA, this guy has been a next-level scorer. He's an insane ball handler. He's at 33% right now from a three, but he's taking 10 a game. This guy might actually be on the same par as Damian Lillard in like a year or two, if not this year, on pull-up threes from distance. Mm -hmm. Like being able to size up his way into a three-point shot with some really slick handles, you know, like he is so good at that. And he is excellent at driving to the basket because he's like ridiculously athletic for a 6'2 guard. Mm-hmm. Like he is insane. 6'1. They run him at the two. That's just unheard of. I mean, he was going pound for pound with Jamal Murray when Jamal Murray was. We all know what he was doing. They came down to a fucking missed layup, right? Or a missed shot from Conley. Yeah, missed shot from Conley. Mm hmm. Mitchell gave everything. So I uh, am fully impressed with Donovan Mitchell, which is why I can't hate the Jazz. I just wished he would get traded <laughs> to Denver. <laughs> yeah. Always. He, he, he would look nice, but I think I'd rather have Beal there. True. Yeah, we've always subscribed to that. Don to New York, then. Don to LA. Don to L- <laughs> no, I want to I mean Don the Clippers, not the Lakers. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? No, fuck the Clippers. I don't want to imagine anything good for them. Mitchell, George, and Kawhi Leonard. He's on the dark side at that point. Throw in a washed-up center, and you're good. (laughs) You know what I mean? You always got to have that washed-up center in there. (laughs) That's all you can afford. He's just trying to get it done. Respect on Spider Mitchell's name, though. Number two in the number two in the league right now. Damn. All right, number one. Drum roll. The Miami Heat. The Miami fucking Heat. Obvious pick for first. When when Dennis Schroeder talks about that's tough, this team, that's tough. Victor Oladipo just went there to dick ride him to a championship. Uh, no, he's going to contribute at some point. He's not going to come back, I guarantee it, though, until three-fourths of the way through the season. Hmm. They are going to rest him. And they don't, they don't need him right now. They do not because, I don't know, Tyler Hero has turned into a legit 20-point-per-game score. Tyler Hero like, out here looking mad. I know, right? He, he Maybe Lowry just told him about that. He was like, man, you just got to go out there and play pissed off. Playing like a dog. He has. He's fitting right in. Well, he and he be looks the starting shooting guard for them by the end of the season. Oh, easily. And he, and he had a, he had a uh, sophomore slump last year for sure. And I even said that like, 
because I remember everyone was really high about him coming into last season too. And I was like, everyone's like, oh, he's had time to work on his bag. I'm like, what time? Yeah. Can't have any time. Give this kid a break. He's not going to have that great of a season. And obviously he didn't. Like he came back to earth for sure. But now he's really like seeming to find his own. Uh, he's embracing this bench scorer role, this, this six man role. He's like, okay, if I'm going to be a six man, then I'm going to do what the six man does. And that's fucking score. Mm-hmm. 22 points a game, six rebounds, four assists. Shooting That's 47 nice. from the field, 40 from three, 51 from the two. Looked nice last night, too, against the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. It just looks like it's coming great. easy to him again, like the bubble. Oh, um, did you see that sequence that he had with Luca last night? I think it was like late in the first or at the beginning of the second quarter. Luca was trying to get warmed up, right? And he was kind of feeling it. He had made two nice layups in a row, and I think. One of them was like an and one floater. Mm-hmm. And then Luca was, took like 10 seconds to size up from three and did his little patented step back, but missed it on a heat check. Mm-hmm. Tyler Harrow gets runs in transition, spots up from three. Or no, he grabs the rebound, runs in transition, spots right up from three and hits it from about the same distance that Luca yep. just tried to hit it from. Yep, and I was it. like, you're kidding me. I was like, he's trying to put himself in that same conversation, and he went right for Luca's throat. And Kyle Lowry was cranking the other night too. Was he really cranking against Denver or Dallas, bro? I watched a man hit three threes. And that <laughs> was late in the God. game. Just cold, cold Just as ice. Fourth quarter, dude. Just put the icing on the cake, bro. They went up like one sixteen to a hundred or something like that off of a Kyle Lowry three. What game was, was this? Over. Dallas, that same game you're talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Six of nine from three. Yeah, dude was spazzing. I'm pretty sure three of them were in the fourth (laughs) quarter. At least two of them were in the fourth quarter. Oh, my God. Iced the game, bro. He had one that he caught off of a screen over on the left wing Mm -hmm. and just hit this nasty, like, sideways like falling sideways uh, step back three. It was, it was wicked, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It was wicked. And then he iced the game with a, uh, well, a little bit later on. And Tyler Harrow just topped it off with a cherry. He did a little mid range jumper on him. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, Oh, this game's over. Two and a half minutes left. Just done. He made two threes in the fourth last night, but okay. I knew it was that. I knew it was at least, uh, I knew it was at least two. Six and nine for the game, though. That's nice. Oh my gosh. Just I can't believe it. Like cranking, bro. <laughs> oh, like that whole team just looks so impressive. And you know what the best part is? Jimmy Butler doesn't have to take more than like nine shots on offense between these two. Like, mm-hmm. and you know who's also looking extremely impressive and strong? Bam Autobio. Mm-hmm. Bam is looking like a legitimate center at six foot nine. Yep. Like this guy looks like there is no better post defender in the league. And, and and it's definitely not outrageous to say, and I'll eat some of my words about Jimmy Butler. I'll see what he can do in the postseason. I will eat my words to a certain degree. Oh, you man. just wait. You because it's not afraid. Wait. It's not outrageous to say that he is right there in the conversation for the early season MVP. 20.8 points per game. 51% from the field has not taken a three point shot yet. What a monster headband Butler, bro. 
85% from the free throw line on seven attempts per game in the era of no more drawn fouls. He's averaging 13.8 rebounds per game. And let's see here. Almost no, a six, steal and six rebounds. One basketball or no, this reference. Is, this is bomb out of bam out of bio. Oh, I thought we were talking about Jimmy Butler. So did I. I was like, oh my God, Jimmy's just balling out. Headband 25, 25 points a game, six rebounds, five assists for Butler. 51 from the field, 33 from three. Yeah, he's okay. That's pretty good for Jimmy right now. Yeah. Last season, he shot 24%. Yeah, Jimmy's looking nice. 89% from three on nine free throws per game. He's working. Yeah. I would agree with you about early season MVP. This guy's looking super nice. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah. This team just looks good. And really all they need to truly win playoff series is obviously they, they need to be clicking offensively, like as a whole. Uh, their defense is going to be there, but they need P.J. Tucker to hit a couple threes. Mm -hmm. Just a couple threes a game. And I would be scared night. if I was the rest of the league for this team at the trade deadline. Damn. Nothing crazy, but I could see them picking up a veteran piece that really ties it together. It really you, helps. Who are you getting rid of, though? Robinson? No. Because I'm wondering who else they could really sell on. You know, like... Their top eight is pretty locked in. Let's see here. They have Keith running as their seventh man. 18 minutes per game. Struess is getting 17 minutes. Deadman, 15 minutes, and Caleb Martin, 13 minutes. I think you swap out Keefe and someone else for a different piece. KCP. Something. Damn, I don't think you're getting KCP, but... Uh, really, what could happen is like what you said, Victor Olazipo comes back, and that is what they need. Yes. That, I that could so. quite easily be it. A third guard to put up like 14, 15 points per game behind Play defense, Lowry. can fit your system. Yeah. yeah, behind Lowry and Hero. Just shore up that guard rotation completely because if he can at least stay on the floor defensively, then it's a complete plus. You know, like that's all they need. And this team is done. Their center rotation is clearly defined because they just play BAM <laughs> at center most of the time. And then they also have, I mean, he wasn't super impressive, but I thought Deadman looked good in the playoffs last season, even though they got beat up by the by the Bucks. But he's not know. a bad rotation center. No. Look, Kevin O'Connor is out here saying that he he this was like a few weeks ago, like right before the season started. He was saying he's like, I, I bet we see Miami in the playoffs or not in the playoffs in the finals. And it's not looking unrealistic right now. It's really not. I hope so. I hope so. This whole Brooklyn. Because that means they go through Brooklyn potentially. That means they go through Milwaukee, Milwaukee. potentially. At least one of those teams they're going Atlanta. through in the process. They go through Atlanta. They probably go through New York, maybe. Who Philadelphia knows? easily. And they're just going through teams at that point. Yep. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. I, I love Keith. I'd like to see them get back. I want to see them versus... The what Lakers. Denver, the Lakers again? Oh, we want a no. rematch. We want a Jimmy. Look, who else has had that good of a playoff game against LeBron? 
Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? That happens again. The triple-double. It's just ridiculous. It is written. Lakers versus Heat in the NBA Finals. I won it. Round two. Meaning they squashed the beef with Milwaukee. What What if we do if Jimmy wins? I don't know. That gets really hairy. That is something right there. That gets really dicey. Because Jimmy elevates himself to a top three player in the league at that point. Yep. Easily. LeBron falls out of the top three at that point. Oh, my God. LeBron's out of the top three at that point. I'm sorry. Yep. LeBron loses this season. LeBron loses this season. He's out of the top three right now, in my opinion. Russ is just gone. Russ would leave. they trade him. You'd hope he'd just retire. <laughs> I would, kind of, honestly. If Russ made all the way to the finals again and then lost in seven games to the Miami Heat. Davis requests a trade because he's a little dramatic bitch. To Chicago. To, Chicago. to yep. Chicago. Becomes their five. Yep. Lakers get like Vucevic, Alex Caruso. <laughs> they, get Caruso and, they get Caruso and Lonzo back. <laughs> For Anthony Davis. And like oh, three God. first round picks. Now that came full circle. You traded you traded uh, Lonzo away for first, first round picks. No, you didn't. You gave away all your first round picks. Never mind. Uh, Lonzo though. Yeah, Lonzo and Caruso. What if it's like a five-team deal and they have like Washington and the Spurs, or no, Washington and Philadelphia get on it. Ben Simmons somehow gets traded out of all that, but then Danny Green, Markeith Morris, Montrez Harrell, and Dennis or KCP all return to the Lakers, and it's just the 2019 squad again. <laughs> and the then like, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. We're featuring Lonzo. Lonzo's and, that piece. And this is the biggest lesson of all is that the Lakers have tried to completely retool every season for unknown reasons as to why they couldn't keep that core together of old men that just played well in the playoffs together. Like that would be the ultimate lesson. They put it together three years too late. Yeah. They have something like right now they have like 12 new players or something like that. I know. And people are wondering why they're having a hard time meshing. It's like uh, their roster basically all turned over. Yeah, it's completely new. Miami's nice, though, bro. They really are. Miami, and and we never Miami's sold them short. We were saying they were going to be legit the top th- three in the East. They're just filled top to bottom with dogs. What else are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Autobio, PJ Tucker, Harrow, Robinson. There's not one guy that doesn't compete in that lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm just really excited to see them in the playoffs because I feel like it's either going to be a huge failure or they're going to make some extreme noise again. People are going to talk about Jimmy Butler being better all time. They can go toe-to-toe with Milwaukee. I'm a little concerned matchup-wise for Brooklyn, legitimately. No, I have no problems. They are going to be able to match up right What's your answer for Kyrie? He doesn't play this season. That's true. That's true. (laughs) 
And that will really hurt them in that, and that because I think Kyrie is the the matchup nightmare personally in that situation. Well, who are you obviously KD is going to get his or uh, yeah, KD. Are you putting Adebayo on KD? They're going to put PJ Butler? Tucker on, mostly on him, and then everyone's going to be like, PJ Tucker is such a great defender, but KD's still going to drop fifty on his head. So it's like they're just okay. going <laughs> to yeah, he's a great defender. I know, like. I don't know. There's just so many questions that are going to have to come up and whether or not Kyrie is going to play or not. I still feel like they can... For some reason, I feel like out of those three that they're okay with Kyrie going off the most. But in the playoffs, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We haven't seen it in Kyrie for the past, what, three seasons? What's, so what's I don't wild know. is what Kyrie is going to be doing if he's there. Is he isn't just going to be matching up with guards. He's going to try to get switches onto bigs and post them up. And he's going to yep. get buckets. <laughs> yeah. Like, he will literally get buckets <laughs> off of that. Yep. I don't know. Don't you think that Bam would be able to... I feel like Kyrie is going to be able to push aside Tucker pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be able to get around Tucker. You know, but Autobio, yep. I don't he's know. Shifty. Jimmy Butler, I don't know. He could break, he could break Butler's ankles. I don't know. Autobio would be tough just because how big he is. It's just, I am so excited for them in the playoffs. The Heat are just, I hope they keep this level all season and win like 60 games. Just be something ridiculous, you know? And Kyle Lowry just looks good in the uniform too. He does. He looks very natural in it. And I was not really expecting that. He just, he just fits their vibe 100%. Kyle Lowry, he just, he's never been in a place that he didn't look natural. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that so does it. That gets us to an hour there. here. That's it. That gets us to an hour. That's 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 more than enough. Uh, very nice work. NBA is very interesting right now. Undoubtedly, lots of great games lately. I'm sure there's some great good games on tonight. Definitely have to peep some later on here. Uh, like I said, the Lakers finally snuck out of one win last night. Of course, it was against a fucking G League team, but <laughs> nonetheless, a win it's is a, a feel win. I'll win. take it. Yeah, for sure. They needed to catch a catch an energy there. So hopefully they're on a wave now. But uh, yeah, as always, engage with us on Twitter at PodDip, on Instagram at the Dip Pod. You can follow the website at www.thedippodcast.com. Lots of great content on there. Got a couple new blog posts coming out this week. One from Sam Mullen and probably one from either you or me. Uh, so definitely have that dropping for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, sometimes it won't be released right on that day, but that's the record day. So you can always respect, uh, expect it probably by the next day. Um, expect yeah. it and respect it. Exactly. Both of those. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we appreciate any and all listeners. Shouts out to Richardson, Texas. We out.